Welcome to this month's Joy in Medicine podcast. I'm Charlie Cummings. And I'm Elizabeth Tracy. This month, Elizabeth and I talk with Chip Davis, president of Johns Hopkins Sibley Memorial Hospital, in an episode we're calling Creating Joy Through Leadership. As things become more complicated in medicine, I think the release and relief from the day-to-day stresses on healthcare providers is becoming more and more magnified. And your focus has been to sort of take the hard edges out of medical care. Well, thank you, Charlie. I think that many of us would think that while we have wonderful things about the American healthcare system, in some ways it's just an unsustainable model moving forward. And what could we learn from outside of healthcare? Apply that. And I have a fundamental belief that the best people to do that are the people who provide the care on a daily basis to patients and from patients themselves. So one of the things that we've been doing at Sibley for a number of years is trying to engage our workforce in new creative and innovative delivery models as well as what do they need to be able to support those delivery models. So we did a couple of things. One, we established what we call our innovation hub. The Innovation Hub marries Chip's experience with observing profound organizational shifts from outside healthcare with concepts from design thinking and Lean Sigma, along with a dedicated physical space. Embedded coaches facilitate participation and engagement for all concerned. Healthcare has been a pretty hierarchical industry. That old model of leadership from purely top down is one that really has stifled, if you will, frontline creativity and opportunity to be engaged. I just think remarkable things happen when you unleash that. One recent success story from the Innovation Hub at Sibley is called the Tranquility Room. One of the things in talking to a number of the nurses that they said was sometimes they just needed a quiet space to go to to compose themselves. In particular, if there was a death on the unit or something else happened, they just needed a short break. So when we designed our new hospital, we actually designed something that came out of this work in our innovation hub called the Tranquility Room. It's very easy to get to for anybody in the hospital. The staff feel as if they need a private space where they're separate. We had the opportunity to talk with one of the Tranquility Room's designers in the Innovation Hub at Sibley. My name is Yoko Sen. I am a sound designer. little background of the Tranquility Room is I myself was a patient for a while and I was very affected by noise because I'm a musician. So we started out by doing a research on noise in hospitals. As much as people complain about alarms and machine noise, people also complained about behavior. Talking doors getting slammed. Noise affects stress, but we also observed that stress is causing noisy behaviors. Instead of putting more posters that tell people to shut up, could we do something to help reduce the stress level of staff members with the intention of helping to reduce the behavior-based noise? So that was actually the intention behind the tranquility room for staff members. 
So this beautiful space was created where it has Yoko's music in the background and it has very low lighting and four different pods where people can kind of be by themselves and we have hot tea, water and things like that. That second speaker is Suzanne Dutton, a geriatric advanced practice nurse at Sibley who is currently writing a dissertation on nurse burnout. Suzanne had the opportunity to use the tranquility room on the day it opened with a newly fledged nurse at Sibley, Anthony McHugh. The day that the tranquility room opened, on our medical surgical unit, there was a unexpected death of somebody that had been on the unit for a while. The nurse that was taking care of the patient is a new graduate nurse, and so it was his very first death. And to understand everything that you have to do when a patient dies, the protocols, the calling of the family, and preparing the body, of course, is a very traumatic the first time that you actually go through that. My office was right there and I could see that he was overwhelmed. So I just said to him, we are going to meet in the tranquility room at 1.30 and I got a nurse that I work with to cover his patients. For almost a half an hour we went and had some tea and sat in the tranquility room and just debriefed everything that just had happened to him. And he was really grateful and was asking me to please thank the people that created it. Here's what happened in Anthony's own words. It was a heartbreaking incident, and then Susan Dottin, she came up to me, and then she asked me if I have time to come down to the tranquility room. I haven't heard about it, like, what is this place? And then I went with her, and the place was, uh, it was magical. It was a rewarding experience. So this was a tough circumstance, huh? The first time that yes. you saw a patient die. And I don't think, it, not all hospitals have this tranquility room, but I'm pretty sure it was a brilliant idea. And so it's awesome. Did that help you in your sort of coming to getting your arms around? Yes. Yeah. I felt rejuvenated coming back to work. It was a big help because I worked 12 hour trip. It's longer days, but that 10 minute, it counts. Harpreet Gujral, co-director of Integrative Medicine at Sibley, explains how meaningful such a space, singularly devoted to providing staff respite and rejuvenation, can be. As you know, you're on the go all the time. By taking this one-minute mindfulness break, by taking this five-minute mindfulness break, they're able to pause and then become more efficient. So instead of saying, I'm waiting for my vacation day, I'm able to say, well, you know what? Lunchtime, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna just pause five minutes. Hang out in a space that's dimly lit, no other sounds, my phone is off for five minutes, my buddy's gonna take over, and I'm just gonna go in there. Harpreet says the physical attributes of the tranquility room facilitate these goals. It's right in between two units, an oncology unit and a telemetry unit. It is accessible by any employee with a badge. It is really focused on several things, lighting, very gentle nature of music, Lighting is such that it's not the bright lights that we normally have in the hospital, just very gentle, dim light. There are three recliners in three pots, and the fourth pot is a yoga mat with a meditation cushion. And so someone can just walk in and experience the very calm, quiet, away from hospital environment so we can find our calm and respite. 
Yoko celebrates the Tranquility Room's meeting Anthony's need on the day it opened. During the process, we really talked to staff members, and this need for emotional recovery kept coming up. We tended to focus on, you know, physically, like I'm on my feet all day long, but really when emotionally charged event happens, which is every day, there is really no space, physical space inside the hospital that most people could go to have the moment of emotional recovery. So I'm glad that it served the purpose on the first day. Chip identifies the underlying ethos that powers projects like the Tranquility Room. I think these reflect our philosophy of going directly to the people at Sibley. It's 2,200 people that go to work every day, I believe, wanting to do the best for their fellow man. Giving them the tools and resources they need to really do that the best way possible. And for leadership, instead of, and for me, instead of telling people what to do, knocking the barriers down that they identify in order for us to provide the best possible care to our patients and their families. And allowing our staff to have a voice in the redesigning of the care delivery model and empowering them to really do that. You've been listening to the music of Yoko Sen as it's heard in the Tranquility Room. Thanks so much, Yoko, for your permission to use that on this month's podcast. Thanks for listening. Join us next month when we talk about the joy in surgery. This podcast series is brought to you in part through the generosity of the John Conley Foundation, which focuses on medicine and humanism.